0: With the primaries just a short 11 months away, which is terrifying. Isn't that terrifying to know we're about to get caught up in this? Guess what? It's time to know everything, whatever you can. You got to know who's Pete Buttigieg. Got to know your Pete Buttigieg's from your Amy Klobuchar's. Makes now the perfect time to jump into Earwolf's political comedy podcast, Fake the Nation. It's hosted by Nagin Farsad. Features fast-paced, funny, smart political discussions about the week's news. It's comedy meets politics that helps you stay informed while not taking itself too seriously. Past guests on Fake the Nation have included John Fugelsang, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Larry Wilmore, Hayes Davenport, Maeve Higgins. Maeve Higgins is lovely and wonderfully hilarious, and I say that even though she's been consistently mean to me since the very second that we met. Also, I hear some rumors that I'm going to be on the show soon. I'm going to booked on the show soon, so now's the time to subscribe. Check out Fake the Nation wherever you listen. Hello to all my Washington State stoners. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred.
1: I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you. And you'll get to know me.
0: Hi, everybody. It's Chris Gethard. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous, the show that lives on at least two more years as I announced last week the whole thing with Harry guest hosting was fake it was an April Fool's joke just to reiterate I'm still seeing a lot of tweets from people who have not you know people don't not everybody is up to the date this week so I'm having a very delightful experience of new smaller waves of people getting horrified at the job Harry did and asking me if everything is okay in my life everything's fine I'm here I'm so happy I get to host this show, and I'm so thrilled that you guys all came together and made it happen where I get to keep doing it for at least two years, maybe three. The ads sell well enough, so use those promo codes. Hey, I had an idea. I haven't brought this up on the show in a long time. Years, actually. Why don't we all do an experiment as a community? And, uh, hey, if you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, whether it's a review or a rating, you like the show, why don't we all just say arbitrarily that we're going to do it on the same day April 16th, a week from the release of this. We'll just do it. I'll put this in the beautiful anonymous Facebook group as well. And I think you guys will get a kick out of it. My guess is that for a community as large as ours, if we all do this in the same day, we're going to see this baby skyrocket back up the charts. And it'll be uh, it'll be both a real uh, rally and cry for our community that we can be proud of, and also something that all of us can roll our eyes at the arbitrary nature of internet rankings because we'll see how easy they are to manipulate. We'll all figure it out together. Uh, Thanks to everybody who enjoyed our episode last week. Lady lady's father murdered a human. Hard story to hear, but she was so cool. It seems like a lot of people got a lot out of it, so I'm really happy about that. This week's episode, really fascinating. I was initially horrified because this caller hates New Jersey, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know, I love New Jersey. But then it started to get deeper. The reason she has bad associations with New Jersey run much deeper. We got to have a conversation I'm really glad I got to have right now, which is what does it mean to be broke in America right now? What's the effects of it? What does it actually mean to live with financial stress every day? What's it mean to be a part of a gig economy? And uh, you know, we hear about all these jobs that get generated, but what happens if all those jobs don't add up? To being able to keep your head above water. It's a conversation I think a lot of us hear about, but not all of us get a chance to have. And uh, caller, I know this must have been really hard to open up about. I hope on some level it was cathartic. And I imagine it's going to be eye-opening for a lot of people who are about to listen. Thank you for calling
1: Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host.
0: Hello? Hi. Hi. Yeah. What's up? Hi. I'm uh, I'm good. How
1: are you?
0: I'm pretty good. Just uh, (laughs) Chilling in the studio. I just got back yesterday from tour, so I'm a little tired, but I got good sleep last night, so I'm good. How'd
1: the tour
0: go? It was good. Sold them all out, baby. Sold out all those shows. (laughs) And now I'm here. Now I'm just Uh, here. sitting around waiting for harry nelson to try to stab me in the back and take my job but that's neither here nor there
1: you know one thing is i used to see you host whiplash i used to be all the time when i was in college oh nice and uh that was like now i feel like so proud of you all the time
0: oh thanks <laughs> It is funny. I find that a lot, that people who used to watch me back in the UCB days will say, I am proud of you, in a way that makes it clear they feel like I've overcome some severe limitations.
1: It's just like, it's such an intimate, it was such an intimate setting over there, and like, going every single week almost, I was like, it's like, even though I didn't know you, I felt like I know you, so like, even like when Shay got on SNL, I was like, I'd seen him a couple times, and it was like, oh my god I'm so proud even though I, I don't know him but like it's just it that way
0: <laughs> that's cool that's why you gotta go support live arts right cause then you feel a connection to the people yep. and I was the people's champion oh, yeah. I, was, I, I was the underdog of the New York comedy scene
1: definitely definitely like the symbol of my favorite alt comedy time
0: i represent a time in your mind i'm glad to hear that well thank you for your support but it's not about me it's about you so how are you doing
1: i am currently driving down route 17 because i live in new jersey and i do not like it
0: oh what i was just about to say hell yeah And now you're in, I I once got in a car accident on Route 17, which is sort of a New Jersey rite of passage. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be on the phone right now. That's a dangerous road. Right where it merges with Route 4. I'm
1: almost at my destination,
0: That's good, that's good.
1: Oh, Route 4 is is usually where I am,
0: so. Yeah, right where Route 4 and Route 17 meet, your boy was once parked at a red light near there and got slammed into. It was a weird day.
1: Oh, that is like the worst kind too, because that you can't you can't do anything to avoid that. Really, uh-uh. that's just the other person <laughs> being super careless. Oh man, that is really awful. But clearly, you're okay. Yeah, I, good.
0: I'm good. Now, why are you hating on New Jersey?
1: Uh, well, first of all, trying to get Medicaid here was like a nightmare. Okay. okay. Um, they my Medicaid, make Medicaid, and like, uh, and the DMV was like, really. Not fun. <laughs> I mean, the DMV never a good time. Yeah. Uh, but I just came from state over the summer, and I don't like it. It was a lot easier somehow, and uh, also like my husband's from here, and um, which is why we're here. We're like broke and live with his parents right now. Um, why we had to leave Washington State. But um, yeah, I mean, he's from here and he doesn't like it. So that probably also doesn't help
0: how i feel because we're just too negativity
1: uh-huh Uh huh. <laughs> it's also like it's a lot of small towns and i'm a i'm a city person i'm so not used
0: to this okay okay <laughs> but what about taylor ham we got taylor ham what about italian hot dogs jimmy I, buffs
1: I, I keep kosher
0: oh okay no ham for me. Yeah, no, that's an impediment. That's an, my first argument out of yep. the gate is not going to convince you. Then, if you keep a kosher diet, yes, Taylor <laughs> ham clearly yeah. not, which is also traditionally eaten with cheese. I believe mixing meat and cheese can be an issue yeah. depending on the type of meat. Okay, clearly, oh, yeah. that is like the
1: most
0: unkosher. That's a swing and a miss. That's a swing and a miss right there. Okay, <laughs> Taylor ham is also largely pork based. Yep. Yeah, not good. Not good.
1: Because I know that you uh yeah, I know that you talk about that a lot. And I'm just like over my head. Nothing I will ever experience in my life.
0: Now, what about the Jersey Shore? What about the Jersey Shore? You go down the beach, Asbury Park. True. I
1: I haven't been yet, so you know what? Maybe I should go, and maybe I will like New Jersey a little bit better because I've been mostly staying in this in this northern part up here in Bergen County. Uh huh. So now that you know I keep kosher and I'm in Bergen County, it's like you kind of get more what what my life is, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. okay if you're,
1: if you're aware.
0: Well what do you mean by that exactly? Bergen County, New Jersey it's a little I think it's known large parts of it are known for being a little upscale. I know that.
1: A lot of Jewish like very heavy Jewish population Orthodox Jewish
0: uh-huh-huh like, uh-huh.
1: Very like insulated, pretty insulated.
0: Are you and, uh, are you Orthodox? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. how much do you hate New Jersey? And how much is it that it, so, it sounds like some uh, you're saying you're broke. You had to move all the way back across the country. That's Washington State. That's like yeah. three thousand miles. Away. How much is it, Jersey? And how much is it that some uh, some life circumstances have that forced you here will make you forever associate New Jersey with the negative? Circumstance.
1: That that is a fair point. That is a fair point. I mean, I lived in New York City before we were in Seattle for two and a half years. Yeah. So, um, you know, New York, I I mean, it definitely, because I also went to college there for a few years before. So I was in New York City on and off for like six years. And at first, I did not like it as a person from California, but it grew on me a lot. But now I can't afford to live in the city anymore. So... (laughs) I'm out here in the verb. Uh, so yeah, that's that probably also contributes. Like having that that toll to drive across the bridge is. My sisters both live in in the city, and like I want to go see them. It's like 12:50. Just to say hi to my sister? really.
0: Yeah, that GW bridge. Uh, take the bus. Yeah, take the bus from. Bergen County? I
1: do. I take the bus to work. Yeah. You know. I take the bus to Florida 30 every day. Um, sometimes it just drives right by my stop. It keeps going and ignores me. Uh-huh. uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Which is,
1: like the most fun. Especially when it doesn't come that often.
0: <laughs> I will You're
1: say... Like, oh, now what do I do?
0: Having it, it is, I will say that for anybody who's not familiar, all the buses from New Jersey they do stop at Port Authority. Port Authority is at Forty Second Street and Eighth yeah. Avenue in Manhattan. Port Authority, I would argue, is pretty clearly the worst place in New York City. I think hands down, you can't you can't be in yeah. a more the fact that you get dropped off and then have to go back to Port Authority. That's a pretty depressing way to come in and out of the city. Yeah, it
1: is. It is. Yes. <laughs> I
0: get why New Jersey I mean, like, has... I get the negative impact. I'm starting to see it. You're starting to paint a clear picture. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I, clearly I'm not in the best Jersey situation is what I'm getting from you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm scheming right now to move back to New Jersey. That's what I want. Right. I, I, I want to trade That's lives with you. What if we trade lives? What if I go live oh, with yeah. your in-laws and you come live in Queens?
1: Sounds awesome to me. I'll be near my sister, Uh and I will have an opportunity to work probably, since I work on the East side.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And I can immerse myself in the beautiful traditions of the Jewish faith.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a synagogue a block away from us, where my family and my in-law family have been going for 20 years. All right. They really like it.
0: I love new cultures. Love learning.
1: Yeah, you, you seem to get the, the the kosher stuff down in the uh, second episode up there with your wedding experience. Oh, yeah, well,
0: I really did. <laughs>
1: that, I, was, that was really impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was a deep dive. That was into the deep end. For that was any, a
1: really deep dive.
0: I also appreciate your deep dive callback. <laughs> For anybody who has not listened, the very second episode, number two, <laughs> we're now up over 150, I think. Number two of Beautiful Anonymous, I did explain in detail how I uh, sort of accidentally signed up for a kosher wedding without realizing it and had to quickly learn what I have been told are, even by the standards of people who keep kosher, were rather extreme levels of kosher for my wedding.
1: Yeah, that was like my levels, and I'm pretty orthodox. Like, I won't eat vegan out or anything. And it's mostly like, the the wine stuff really complicates things. Like that stuff, the fact that you, I think you might have understood it even better than I do, honestly, because it is it is weird. The I whi- was just talking to my friends about it last night.
0: Yes, I've been told wine. that I've been told that having to use mavushel wine is pretty rare in the modern age.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, not for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, did you grow up Orthodox?
1: Yes,
0: you did. All the way. And now you're, yep. and then you wound up, Now you're married to someone else who grew up Orthodox, even though you grew up on. You said you grew yep. up in California. He grew up in New Jersey. Yep. You,
1: I uh, went to the Super Jewish School of Yeshiva University.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and we met basically around there. Mostly, actually, technically through Facebook. We had a lot of the same friends, but he didn't get out much. Mm-hmm. And so I was, was wondering about this persona. We eventually met, obviously, and uh, started dating a couple months later. And uh, we're married a year and a month after that. Pretty
0: quick. Yeah, I got so married. we have been
1: married five years now.
0: So. I'm married pretty quick as well. Congrats. So then you guys take yeah. off for Washington State. Well, you said you lived in New York for a couple of years and then you headed out to Seattle. Yeah. Walk me through this. Walk yeah. me through this timeline.
1: So my husband is a teacher of religious studies and he got a job out in Seattle at a school, and uh, we, like, fell in love with Seattle. We were so excited. But then the job didn't really work out for him, unfortunately, um, and we, like, tried to really make it work there. He was uh, doing, like, you know, kosher like, job keeping the restaurants kosher. There was only a few kosher restaurants there, but, um, and uh, I was doing, like, Uber Eats, Postmates, WAG, dog walking, Instacart, grocery delivery, all that stuff. That um, still wasn't really working financially. But that was that was quite an experience for me doing all that gig economy stuff. I also got to know Seattle really well.
0: Did you just pass a, a freight train? Did a freight train just pass your car? Uh,
1: I parked and I'm near a train station in so so the train just passed by. Oh, we hear <laughs> the it. Transit.
0: We can hear it in the background. Let's be quiet. Yeah. That's the sound of my youth. The New Jersey Transit, when I was at college, <laughs> I would take the transit into the city, and I'd love it. i get so excited because I was about to go do comedy. And then I'd have to get back on the train at the oh. end of the night and go back to Rutgers. And those train rides count among the most depressing stretches, the 45 to 60 minute stretches (laughs) of my life, which if you followed my work at all, you know that that's saying a lot. Real true depression on the Northeast Corridor line for me. Okay, so that's, a you know, it's pretty fascinating. I wonder what your opinion is on this because they say that the American economy has had phenomenal job growth, that we're adding thousands and thousands of jobs every month. And I think that's awesome. I really do. But then I hear right. so many stories from people like you where you're like, yeah, I had eight of those jobs and I still couldn't pay the rent.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, also because, like, first of all, you're an independent contractor on in all of them. So uh, you're, like, you don't have benefits. You don't have anything. Even, like, with WAG, uh, when I was dog walking, I did that the longest because I actually did that while my husband was still teaching. Um, I sprained my ankle pretty badly. Um while running. And so I couldn't work for a week because uh, for more than a week for like a few weeks because I had a really bad sprain I, and the, the job is walking and I couldn't work, but I couldn't get workers comp. I couldn't get anything like that because, or PTO, cause that's it. That's, I'm just laid up with nothing else. Um, and then it happened again. I sprained my ankle going down the stairs of a client's townhouse. <laughs> nothing I could do about it, even though that was technically on the job. <laughs> So I'm an independent contractor.
0: I think that's really, that's a, that's a, that's a dark underside of the uh, job growth. That's worth talking yeah. about more. What good, yeah. you know. And like,
1: I've heard some, I've heard some real horror stories of people who like get these crazy clients from these things. Thank God I've only had like really nice people. Sometimes they didn't tip me the best, but, like, you know, I get it. I've ordered food and been like, shoot, this was more expensive than I thought, but they always tip at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've had people, like, Instacart is so weird where, like, they, um, they don't have a limit for the amount of items you can get, and they do deliveries from Costco, right? So people will order, like, 40 cases of water bottles, and it's because Costco business wouldn't do more than a certain amount and the reason why Costco business don't do more than a certain amount is because their trucks can only handle a certain amount of cases of water. <laughs> and then you have these people who have like a sedan, like me, who are like, what am I supposed to, where am I supposed to fit all this water? <laughs> How am I supposed to get this out to my car? So and It's just like <laughs> a constant issue that so I've been it, hearing about. Thank God I never had to deal with it though.
0: <laughs> Instacart, so Instacart, I'm not familiar. Is that a thing where you effectively will People can submit a shopping list and pay pay you to go shopping for them.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly it.
0: Wow! So you really, you've really scrapped it out. You've really tried everything. Get out there! Yeah. Man, that's that one.
1: Will sometimes if you get a nice sized batch? They're called. You can you can make a nice like thirty bucks, forty bucks at a time, which is better than the food delivery where you get like five to ten at a time, depending on how far you have to drive and how well your tips. The tips are really important. That's like a good PSA. Tip your food delivery people. Usually it'll make their income significantly better. <laughs> Even just like four dollars.
0: Yeah, I That's mean like a good tip. I will say I'm not trying to pat myself on the back too hard, but I try to I try to be a good tipper and I think we do live in an economy where it's really clear that um there are a lot of people scrapping and if you have disposable income and I'm lucky the past few years I got a little bit of disposable income compared to how I used to be gotta share it, gotta share it and uh, yep. I don't know why that drives some people so nuts the idea of sharing, sharing the wealth I don't get it. What do you think it's you, like- you want a percent, what do you th- as someone who is uh, in the tip economy gig economy, you like a percentage, is that fair, a flat rate what do you think in here as far as tips, what should people do
1: Well, um, well, like Uber Eats will give you the option to do two, four, or six dollars. I feel like because I usually got paid like four or five for the delivery itself. Like a four dollar tip would make me would like make my day. Um, With Wag, like the walk costs like I get usually twelve dollars for a half hour walk, Um, and the people and like the good tip was usually four dollars, sometimes six dollars. and an hour-long walk, I would get $18. So, like, technically, for those, the pay is decent, but, like, the factor in all the driving and also the fact that you're walking a lot, because there's only so much you can do in a day. Um, that's why, like, that one, I kind of dropped off and did all the driving ones instead, because it was, like, I, uh, I had some regular dogs that I walked, and then after a while, I was like, I'm going to just stick to the people who already have me booked week after week, and then I'm just going to do a little more driving, because I'm getting very tired. Seattle's got a lot of hills, like big time. Like not like San Francisco, but it's it's very hilly. So it's uh, like the- in New York, I'm sure I can probably, like I've walked, I've taken like 20 mile walks in New York City before, but like the hills just really take it out of me.
0: I tell you, this conversation is driving me nuts. It's driving me nuts because, because, uh, Again, all I think about is we have so many more jobs. And then we hear so many stories like yours where it's like, yeah, I guess technically we do, but not any of them. I have to do three of them to try to get rent. Even then I'm stressed out. If I fall down and sprain my ankle, they're all gone. There's no protection for me on that. I have to use my own car to do it, which means I'm putting wear and tear on my car. And also if the car blows out, again, all the jobs are gone. No protection on that there's exactly. a, there's a lot of pitfalls in this that aren't real and that's why uh, i got to say call me what you will this idea that uh this idea that we're living in an economy where people like you have to cobble together six gig economy jobs have zero protection and then uh and then we also have you can still get a tax deduction if you buy a private jet I don't know how anyone hears that and doesn't think it's totally fucked in the head, man. Sorry, Sally. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm really railing against people who have money on that, these private jet owners. Um, So that being said, if you want to not be part of the problem, why don't you get rid of some of your money by spending it on the following products and services? We got advertisers, they got things... The things have promo codes. It helps the show when you use those promo codes. Check them out. We'll be right back. Finding the perfect vacation home is hard. We all know this. You Start off looking for a beach house big enough for six. You wind up watching videos of surfing dogs, getting distracted, going down these wormholes, these internet rabbit holes. Everybody's been there. Verbo does the hard work for you matching you to the perfect place to stay for your getaway every time. Download the Verbo app, search V-R-B-O. You'll discover everything from condos and cabins to villas and castles. Whatever your budget, whatever you want from the home, maybe it's a massive private pool. That's always nice, jump in a pool, nobody else gets to share it. Nice. Be sure nobody's defiling it. You want a place that's kid-friendly? verbo has got you covered. Whatever direction you want to go, the Verbo app is easy and convenient. It's got great ratings in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. You can use it to browse and book vacation homes from just about anywhere. It's also useful when you're on your vacation because you can send instant messages to the homeowner directly from the app. Download the Verbo app today to find it quickly. Search VRBO and put an end to frustrating vacation searches and those dog videos, those rabbit holes. Let Verbo find a home that matches you. Thanks again to everybody who advertises on the show. let's get back to the phone call. You can still get a tax deduction if you buy a private jet. I don't know how anyone hears that and doesn't think it's totally fucked in the head, man. Sorry, Sally. Like,
1: at the end of last year, uh, like, usually, like, lately, because we don't make a lot of money, usually we get tax, um, usually I get a tax credit, a refund a little bit, something. This year we owed, like, a good... Couple hundred, and it's like, but people are getting tax breaks on private jets. Amazon was almost given a ginormous package to come to Queens, which, like, good on Queens for stepping up.
0: Hey, you're telling me uh, it's very yeah, divisive yeah. where I live. Yeah, I live right in the epicenter, yeah. I live two neighborhoods yep. away from Long Island City, and a lot of people can't decide. There's a lot of people going. Why were we paying yeah. them billions of dollars to not pay taxes, and then other people going twenty five thousand jobs? Why did you chase them away? Nobody knows what to make of this stuff anymore. I just so,
1: having lived in Lex Luthor's little little capital over there in Seattle,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: don't I don't know if they really, they It wasn't really a lot of local jobs. Like I mean, you know, a lot of people I knew uh, who moved while I was living there came for Amazon. They came from other places to work at Amazon. It wasn't like a lot of people in Seattle were like, Great, now I can work at Amazon. It was a lot of people were like, Great now I can move to Seattle to work at Amazon. Housing went up real bad, like right when we got like right before we got there. Um, like to to us coming from New York City, it was like seventeen hundred a month for a one bedroom in a luxury building, amazing because like seventeen hundred in Washington Heights will get you three roommates a tiny box in one bedroom. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> With like cockroaches everywhere and yeah, and, uh, and you're living class, with you some. in the morning, you know? and you're
0: living with some maniac you met on Craigslist, and you don't know if he's got a body under the bed. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah.
1: So like, we were like, great for us, that's great, but everyone was like, oh no, no, like that's triple the price it was like five years ago.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing and you go back and forth. Cause then yeah. we think about it in Queens and it's like, yeah, even if it's like, okay, well, if those 25,000 jobs are outsiders, it's okay. It raises the, you know, I'm a homeowner. I own a little co-op. It's like, what's going to help with that. But is that fair? And then also it's like, it'll also create jobs for people, you know, in the service industry to, to accommodate those 25,000 people. But is that, is that helping? Is that actually helping people who have, who live in this neighborhood yeah. to have more, like you said, gig economy jobs to cater to twenty thousand people. Come in and drive up the uh, the rent for those same people.
1: It's weird. Like I'm also like I'm studying computer science, so I want to be in programming. So like first being in Seattle was also because because there's a lot of programming jobs at Amazon, and there's also Microsoft, which is in Redmond, so it's like east of Seattle, so it's not like. They have their own huge campus out there, and I think they've been there for, like, 20 years. Um, So, from what I understand, they haven't gotten as much in the way, but um, there are a lot of, like, young, just graduate 22 22-year-old men, always, who, like, can afford now a luxury studio apartment because they're getting paid, like, 85 grand right out of college, and they're single, and... They're just like want to be near work so then there's all these fancy schmancy buildings so these like i've walked dogs from these people <laughs> like these fancy schmancy studios um where they leave a pit bull at home all day and then yeah it's it's uh it's it's wild how the real estate works i mean like I'm just scared of every city becoming San Francisco and being yeah.
0: like completely unaffordable, or even New York for as much as I love it. But I tell you what: at some yeah, point, exactly. at some point, if this keeps happening, the common man and the working man are going to have to rise up in a rage and take back some of the power. And it's uh, it's a shame yeah, we can't exactly. just shame we can't just fix it now before uh, before people start throwing rocks through windows, baby, because the working man is getting pushed around too much right now. And I say that as someone who is. In the entertainment industry, and has, uh, you know, worked very hard. But also, it's not like I'm out there getting calloused hands. But I, I see, uh, see it happening. It's not right. It's not right. I get why you hate like, New Jersey. I, I see now why you hate New Jersey. <laughs> You're living it's with it's your really in more of my life circumstances, basically. I get it, And then you <laughs> sort of hate totally where you land. <laughs> But it sounds like, I mean, you did just, it sounds like who you really hate is Jeff Bezos, who I think you just referred to as Lex Luthor. Is that a common nickname for him or just, is that your personal Um,
1: nickname? Well, he's bald and wants to own the world. And I'm not the first one. I know I got that from somebody else. So, um, somebody else around Seattle. Uh, So, yeah, that's just, it just makes sense because. He's bald and rich and wants to own all the things, and he's not necessarily a good person. Hopefully, he won't, someone won't come down and strike me somehow for saying that. Oh, boy. I mean, apparently, so. if, you it, apparently if you say his last name wrong in an interview, you're not getting the job. Really? <laughs> that is oh. local Amazon lore.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean, I also, I just talked a bunch of shit. I hope that uh, we don't get, I hope we don't get crushed. I hope all our advertisers don't get <laughs> pressure put on them to not advertise on our show anymore. I hope. Oh, no. I,
1: I hope I didn't get you in trouble.
0: <laughs> no, if I I tend to get myself in trouble when trouble comes my way. <laughs> well, it's a shame that my home state, my beloved home state of New Jersey, has come to represent uh, all this tension and stress for you. But I do get it. I do get it.
1: Yeah. But uh, I, mean, I have friends who live in Jersey City and Hoboken and are loving it. I mean, there's a lot more like past trains and new transit trains and just like better transportation from yeah. the, rest of the city, so that probably helps.
0: How old are you? Um, Can I ask how old you are?
1: Uh twenty-seven.
0: And you've been married for five years. Yep. Wow, got married young. Married twenty-two. And I get so you're twenty-seven. You want to be in the city. You want to. You want to have the ability to uh, come and go at will.
1: You're... Yeah, it's like I do and I don't because like I did. Spent a lot of time in the city, and, you know, hour-long commutes being normal was, like, really a drag. I mean, it still is an hour-long commute for me either way, but, um, but, like, being in the city and still having such a long commute was crazy. And um, But, like, there's always stuff to do, never boring. It's Also, I can't afford almost any of it. You know, I love theater. I love opera. I love, you know, that stuff, but I can't afford it and that stuff.
0: That does suck.
1: That's why I used to go to Whiplash, which was free. Free and baby. That was
0: this free comedy. Now, yeah, you've mentioned a couple times. You said you're you're with your uh, in-laws because you're broke. You mentioned you just yep. said like the twelve fifty toll is stressing you out. I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but, uh, but. Yeah. I, now, I you, like talk more about it you mentioned that Jersey's giving you a hard time on the Medicaid I believe met is Medicaid um, like l- driven by uh, its low income health insurance if I know if I'm I don't know too much it yeah. and Medicare is the 65 plus version of it
1: yes and also disability I'm pretty sure because um, these are the things I'm starting to learn because of
0: yeah. the
1: situation um, but yeah because there's like A bunch of different types of Medicare, but I am Medicaid. Mm -hmm. Um, When I did get it, it was good because I had emergency gallbladder surgery a couple months ago, and you know, thank God I didn't get stuck with a huge bill. Um, And like nobody should. It was it was a crazy, unpredictable situation, and I'm like glad that something was there for me. Um, But like, yeah, we applied in like August or September, and we didn't, and like they gave us the runaround of like. How, oh, your status is uh, being handled by a representative. And then we would call a representative to be like, no, you got to call. And we're like, but we just called or something like that. I don't know. It was really weird. And then we finally got our health insurance in November. And in know. Washington, it did not take that long. <laughs> it mm-hmm. took like two weeks, a week. Um, and uh, I finally got my license changed from Washington, and I finally, so I'm finally registered to vote. Thank goodness. Um, but like, cause I first didn't have the right documents. That's my fault. I didn't, I, I accidentally kept all my important documents in storage, except my social security card and my birth certificate. But because my birth name is not the same as my current name, cause I'm married and I changed my name. They were like, nope, we also need your marriage license. Right. Yeah. And I was like, but like, I had to have that to get my you know, to get my other license that has my name on it and my social security card that has my name on it. So logically, doesn't that follow? And then the other one of the guys who was at the next cubicle over was like, "Not in this state." Wow. <laughs> like a very cynical way. <laughs> I was like, "Cool, cool, great, awesome."
0: Wow. <laughs> You got, you got some. Uh, can I? I want to ask you something, and I hope I. I don't want to. I don't want to offend. Don't want to add stress. I'm very, very interested, and I say this with a lot of sympathy and compassion. Because you, you're fighting the good fight. You're looking to work hard. You've worked a lot of gigs, but you still had to move back. I ask it with compassion and no, absolutely no judgment. What is uh? For the people who are listening who aren't in your circumstance, what's it really like being broke in America in 2019?
1: a good question. Um, hmm. So, you know, I'm thankful that I have, you know, family who loves me and was willing to take us in. My parents in Los Angeles also were like, "Uh, you, you can come to us too. And I really wanted to go there, but it was all for, you know, shallow reasons, like, my friends, my dogs, coffee beans, the sun, you know, but um, also a bit of a shorter drive because we drove our car from Seattle to New Jersey, which was also, like, really, really fun and was at least a good, you know, silver lining that we got to see the country. Um, but, yeah, its it sucks because also there's a lot of articles always telling telling me how lazy I am and how... I just didn't work hard enough because, you know, I got a BA in music, but I wanted to get a BS in computer science, but at the time my school didn't have that program, which was insane. Uh, Now they do. And that's a whole other thing I could rant about for a long time. But eh, everyone, you know, it's, uh, so I'm studying computer science online now, but, you know, when I was doing all those gig jobs, it was really hard to find time to do school and still make a good amount of money because I had to work like 10 hours a day to get a hundred bucks, if that. Um, And I still would have to pay a bunch of taxes on that at the end of the year because it's all pre-tax. So my school fell by the wayside and I'm like trying to get that computer science degree so I can get a better job. But like, I I just keep falling behind and like getting like, Medicaid and unemployment it's like such a huge process like you're not coasting off of it you're not you're not like just staying on it you're just everything feels like running in place all the time and then you're also being told by all the rich people who were like given a ton of college scholarships and were and houses cost fifty thousand dollars like I don't know why you can't just do what I did it's like because it's all more expensive now and it's So hard to get everything and that you need. Just like it feels like I'm never. Sometimes it feels like I'm never going to get out of it. I just don't know what to to do to like just get above water. Sometimes.
0: That makes sense. It does. It does. They don't make it easy. Nope. It's uh. It's a system that's incredibly hard to navigate, and the sense I get just from talking to you is that there's not much uh, there's not much empathy when you're when you are in the position you're in
1: yeah, it's, it's, like, it isn't like it feels shameful, but I know that there are a lot of people who have done this you know when when we were leaving Seattle and we were telling people, oh well, we're going to live with you know my husband's parents they were like. We had friends who had just moved to Seattle were like, oh, yeah, we did that for a bit. You know, we stayed with my parents. Or then I have some friends here in New Jersey who are like, oh, yeah, we did that, too. And then friends in Chicago who said, oh, that's why we moved to Chicago. <laughs> you know, it's just I, was, I found out that so many people did the exact same thing. I just didn't know about it. And that was like, it was like a little helpful, but also it was like, to me, crazy that we all had to do that after we thought we were, you know, okay and married and having jobs, but it just takes, you know, one of you being laid off to suddenly be to so fall right down, like straight down.
0: Well, I just want to Especially jump in. in an expensive city. I want to jump in and make sure I get this on record. You said, oh, it feels shameful. And I just want to say 0%, 0%. For you to lay oh. out in the course of our conversation how hard you've worked, how you've done it the right way, You're two college graduates. You've scrapped, you've been willing to take gigs that move you all around the country. When you get there, you're willing to take any gig you can to keep going. You're willing to uh, work, like you said, 10, 12 hours a day. There's no shame in that. There's shameful aspects of this story, but I think this is why, this is why, uh, this is why when people go, oh, Chris, you're too liberal on the show, I go, well, that's a shameful system where people who work as hard as you do have to yeah, stress I mean, like this that's I mean, where the shame is liberal. nothing shameful nothing shameful for you and i i i mean that sincerely and i hope that hits home because you're not you're I mean, not I mean, describing any you're not describing anything except someone who did it the right way you went to college you got a degree now do you i, I would imagine it sounds like do you uh do you regret the music degree was that are you like a uh, boy yeah. why, did, why did yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Especially because, like, when I was in high school, I was going for the music thing, and I was trying to go to like a school that had a really good program. Because I mean, I really, and also the thing is that this was the problem: is I went on a program between high school and college where I did music and like Jewish studies, and I was there with people who were very, very talented. I was like, oh, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not cut out for the music thing. I like it a lot. But if I did it, it would be like an academic, a writing thing, and I just, you know, nobody really has, you know, that much. You gotta already be rich to do something like that because that's just for yourself, basically, and it's just too selfish. So I'm, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna try to do computer science. Now when I get to college, um, I mean, I had originally, I was originally supposed to go to a different school, but it, we didn't. It, it cost too much money, and the school gave me a big scholarship, so. Um, they were like, "Yeah, we have computer science. Don't worry." And then a year later, before I could declare my major, they were like, "Oh, we don't have that anymore." And uh, I was like, trying to get some kind of shaped major to be like what I wanted, and they were like, "You know, we're not gonna have the classes anymore. Just pick something else." I was like, "So go back to music." Um, but it was, it was like, you know, it was still challenging, and it was still you know, it was nice that I got to study the thing that I really really love. But uh, at the end of the day, like. Being a musicologist is like, which is what I would have wanted to do, is the most selfish, useless thing you can do because you're just writing about music all day. Like, I don't have the time or the, you know, I can't, I you don't make money at it either. And I was like, I need, I need something that contributes to society a little more.
0: Although uh, I, I do, it does break my heart thinking about the fact that there's, I, There has to be at least one musicologist amongst our listeners who just went shameful and useless and got really in their head.
1: Some, no, some, selfish. But like,
0: selfish. Selfish and is, useless. I would love it if I could do it. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the musicologist <laughs> fans of our show have just hung their heads feeling like, am I selfish and useless? I thought I was studying art in a way that might, might chronicle beautiful art. Pass it on to future generations. I didn't realize that everything I do is selfish and useless. Over here, trying to throw down. I was jealous of them. I would tell them I'm jealous,
1: and that's where I'm just just speaking out of jealousy. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) I just wish I could do that, but no, I just I'm too I'm too poor.
0: (laughs) Now, can I ask a sensitive question? I'm gonna ask a sensitive question, and I'm not trying to step on any toes here at all. And if this comes off wrong, nail me on it because I want—I'd never ever want to come off wrong. The elimination of the computer science degree seems really wild in this era of time.
1: It was.
0: Do, what do you attribute that to? Wild. Now, my question—that I, I bet other asking, people are asking—is—is is the <laughs> fact that this was a religious institution. Did that play into that?
1: So, no, it didn't.
0: Okay, um, good to it know. Ignorant question. Smaller, my it's a
1: part. smaller school. Office. No, I mean, no, it's just yeah. That's it's not like a Luddite school, you know. We're we're modern, we're modern Orthodox, as we say, you know, where we're like we're not, you know, clustered in in Williamsburg and New Square, just wearing clothes from 19th century Poland and judging everybody. That's, you know, that's not where I'm at. Oh, there's your train again.
0: Oh, it just brings <laughs> back the sound of that horn. On certain days, it sounds like the hope, the hope of escaping New Brunswick, New Jersey, and other days, it just hits me in the gut and it marks the return. That horn has v- many emotional associations in my mind. I'm not kidding; it's true. So you were saying, so, so your modern Orthodox isn't that you were kind of indicating that you're not. This is not the Hasidic community in Williamsburg, which is known to be
1: yeah. like,
0: a little closed off. People
1: associate the word Orthodox with that, and it's like there's a lot of you know, no. That's not it. You know, I mean, like especially even when I meet people and they look at me, I've been asked twice if I'm Amish because I wear a headscarf. Uh, which I thought was very interesting because those times I was like, one time I was at a doctor's office, a physical therapist office with my smartphone out. And another time <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was definitely not, I was definitely engaging with technology and not wearing handmade clothes. <laughs> right.
0: Is there any part uh, of you, like, you sound like a nicer part. <laughs> you sound like a nicer person than me. When someone asks you if you're Amish because you're wearing a headscarf, do you just want to hand them your phone? And be like, Google Amish, you dumb motherfucker. Like, is there any part of you that wants to just be like, I'm holding a phone, you piece of shit? But you sound nicer than me.
1: I'm just like, I'm just kind of like, that is such an interesting first choice, especially because, like, I mean, I guess a lot of people, you know, out here, the Amish are like only a few hours away in rural Pennsylvania. Like, I went to summer camp around there, but it's, (laughs) <laughs> so I'm just like, I guess they just don't know. Like, they've never seen anybody with a headscarf, you know? even though there are Orthodox Jews around who do wear head coverings like I do. So I just, I'm just confused, honestly. Like, what do they think Amish means?
0: <laughs> I want to just take a second, and pause, and say I sincerely apologize if my tone offended any Amish people. Um, although I do think by the very nature of this being a technology-driven medium, um, maybe less of an issue am i making another offensive comment right now who knows i don't know anyway i've broken up the momentum i hope i haven't it's never what i want to do we got ads we got sponsors check them out use the promo codes we'll be right back how often do you think about your socks i bet you're like me like how i used to be where socks are just socks you just go buy some socks and then you burn out the socks and then you donate the socks and you feel bad because you are like, can I even donate these when i got all these holes in these socks Guess what? I recently discovered socks that changed the way I think about socks. This is true. They are called Bombus socks. I got my wife Bombus for our anniversary and she cried. That's how much she loves them so much. And I did not use it just because they are a longtime beloved advertiser on this show. I got it because my wife loves them so much. tell you something else. We took our birthing class. It was nine weeks long. It was very hippy-dippy-ish. People took their shoes off outside. It was a no-shoes class. There was a lady who wore bombas socks. We immediately befriended her. Hallie and I immediately befriended her because we saw she was wearing bombas. So we knew she must be cool. She had good taste. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They're made from super soft natural cotton. And every pair comes with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's comfy but not too thick. With many colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas look great in the gym, at the office, out on the town. Bombas are what feet daydream about. Best of all, for every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need, and that's awesome. Think about that. Socks are one of those things that, uh, this is not on the ad copy, but just because I know stuff. Constantly, shelters are saying the homeless community needs socks, Donate socks. Bombas makes that part of their corporate policy. It's nice and it's cool. Go buy your Bombas at bombas.com slash stories. Do it today. You get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot slash stories for 20% off. Bombas.com slash stories. Thanks again to everybody who advertised on the show. Now let's finish off the phone call.
1: There are Orthodox Jews around who do wear head coverings like I do, so I just, I'm just i just confused, honestly. Like, what do they think Amish means?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's extraordinarily rare to see an Amish person in New York City. I've lived here for 15 years, and to my knowledge, I have not run into just a random Amish person on the street. But it's not rare at all to see uh, Orthodox Jewish people on the subway. Yeah on the streets. There's
1: an episode of 30 Rock where Liz Lemon's come, cousin comes to town from rural Pennsylvania and he sees a Hasidic guy walking by and goes, you have Amish here? And that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he is used to Amish people. It makes sense if you're from middle lower Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you're going to see Hasidic people walking around 8th Avenue near Port Authority because b h is over there and that is a Hasidic-owned business. So.
0: Indeed. Indeed, you
1: know,
0: that's not a site. <laughs> that is the type. That's like New York insider knowledge. That's the type of thing you would not like BNH. in H, right? Like owned. owned. I have known
1: so many people who work there.
0: <laughs> so, what is what's the relationship then? Because you say you know people who work there. You you drew a line. Right. Okay, let's get into this because you it was very clear and it yeah. it sounded like it was important you to draw a line of like the Hasidic community is known to be a little more insular. That's not the Orthodox community. Yeah. What is the relationship between the two communities? And before we do, let me just note like for anybody listening who might not be familiar, I think as a New Yorker, you just come to know this stuff a little more. Like the Hasidic community, when you mentioned like the Williamsburg community, my my understanding is yeah. that's a community that has their own police force, they have their own uh ambulances. Well, um they kind of Well they
1: have Hatzalah. Hatzalah is a private like EMS service, like it's a private ambulance. But I don't I don't know about police, but definitely uh Hatzalah is like, you know, that's always on the fridge next to nine one one and poison control is Hutsalah because usually they're local people who will they'll get they'll still get you to the hospital Almost they'll still be with with police, but you know, it's like I think it started at the time when Jews were like refused services and stuff. Right.
0: right. Um,
1: you know back when so But um, I think like how there's
0: I you think know, the Jewish sh-
1: hospitals, because all the hospitals used to be Catholic, and Catholics used to not like us so much, even though now we're cool. Yeah. But, yeah, that kind the, of thing.
0: The Shamrim. Like, I don't know that world, but... I was just Googling it. The, have you heard oh, of the, the Shamrim? Shamrim? That's like a Shamrim. sort of like uh, neighborhood watch. I actually that's, haven't heard of that. That's like a neighborhood watch in the Hasidic <laughs> section of Brooklyn that I, my understanding is sometimes people will call them instead of the police. But what do I know, really? I'm uh-huh. just a curious fellow.
1: I mean, it makes sense in some parts of Brooklyn because, like, oh, oh my god, Crown Heights has like all this racial tension. I mean, because also, like, growing up in, in Southern California, I didn't, I wasn't around any of this, and so when I went to New York, it was kind of newish to me. Like, I have uh, relatives on my dad's side from Brooklyn and some of those areas, but um, they were like they're they're a little like in between us and like super specific, which is why my grandmother left. My grandmother was like, I don't really want to be in that specific space. I'm going to go west. Um, And uh, yeah, they're like, and my my grandfather was from Cleveland, which is, this is a fun story. He was fighting the Korean War and his family was still in Cleveland. They decided to go visit L.A. and they called home and said, send our things, we're never coming back. Wow. And found out when he came home that he lived in Los Angeles now.
0: (laughs) Just left an impression. Yeah, Just jumped. <laughs> they into their did not homes. like
1: the snow. They were like, "It's warm here. Why would we ever live in the cold?" Sounds <laughs> good <Down> to me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I get it. I get it. Mhm.
1: I always tell people, "Are like, how about Cleveland? It's it's not so expensive." I'm like, "Let me tell you about my family in Cleveland."
0: Right. Yeah. We uh, <laughs> the, the second someone left nope, Cleveland. They decided to never go back. Never go back.
1: <laughs> yep, that is that is family lore. Yeah. So yeah, so um, so yeah, so that stuff's kind of new to me, but like newish because that I've heard of it. And uh, my in-laws are like of Polish, like have Polish Hasidic ancestry because that's how it was in these small towns in Eastern Europe. Was like each town had, like, a rabbi that they would follow, and, and because it, it was a bunch of small towns, and they were, like, a minority, and then when they, you know, had to leave or were just straight-up destroyed as some villages were, which is really upsetting um, and sad, but um, they came here, and so they have all these names like Satmer and Munkash, those are all, like, cities in, in Eastern Europe that they still continue the lineage of those rabbis, um, and it's, like, and it's very insular, and then there's like you have people who, which we call like Lakewood, like in Lakewood, New Jersey, there's a community of people who are not quite liish, but um, they are very, very religious, very, very like you know, where' all black women gotta cover up almost all your skin um, and like you know anything secular, it's forbidden. Sometimes they don't even print women's faces in publications, which is, makes me so mad. Because um, I am a feminist, and I don't like that shit one bit. Sorry, Aunt Karen and Sally.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Aunt Karen lives so, not yeah, too far from that. Lakewood. Aunt Karen, has, I don't think. Yeah, that's down more central Jersey, right? <laughs> I think it's a little more you know central. About it? I don't know. Yeah. I, I do. That's a little selfish. I'm in it's interesting. You don't really hear too many. Uh, I feel like hearing someone who, because the Orthodox hearing, I think that's cool for you to say. Yeah, I wear a headscarf. I practice a religion uh, that necessitates that. But also, I'm a feminist. I feel like some people, yeah. some people would find those <laughs> incompatible in their guts. So,
1: fun story is one time at Whiplash, Michelle Wolf was hosting, and she told me I was oppressed.
0: <laughs> really? And
1: I was a little uncomfortable about it. But um, but then, you know, the tension was alleviated because she was like, because I was also wearing, um I was wearing like what they call a fall, which is like half a wig, where you like, wear a hat or a scarf on top of it. Um, and she asked my husband, do you wear two things on your head? And he goes, actually, and he takes off his baseball cap, and he's wearing, you know, the kippa, the yarmulke underneath it. And she just lost it because <laughs> she was not expecting that. <laughs> and I was kind of like, like, all right, you know. <laughs>
0: So Michelle Wolf, a friend of mine, uh, once uh, on stage got into it with you, a comedy fan, and said you were oppressed. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, at first,
1: it was like, you know, I said I'm Orthodox Jewish. Was, She's was like, oh, you're missing out on some good stuff, like bacon and Saturdays. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, yeah. And then she she told me I was oppressed, and then I was like, I don't know about that, but you know, and, you know we had it, we had it on Twitter a few months later because she was on daily on the Daily Show defending bikinis, and I was like, that's very interesting.
0: Defending uh, what?
1: Considering <laughs> burkinis, you know, uh, how in France they were trying to get Muslim women to not wear their uh, modest bathing suits, which they nicknamed burkinis. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Because burka bikini. Um, and so I was like, that's interesting, because you told me I was oppressed. I was like, oh, no, I do. I just think, you know, it's your right to want to be oppressed. I was like, it's a difference when you choose to do something for religious significance versus when a man makes you do it. And a man is not making me do it. I'm choosing it. It's like I'm more identified as Jewish. Also, I don't even really like my hair. So it's nice and convenient. Uh,
0: <laughs> I did not so. expect that part to come. Can oh. I, let me ask you this. Do you ever feel, <laughs> do you feel that, because it, 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 you clearly have a lot of pride. And like you just said, you're choosing this. It's an expression of your faith. Proud of your faith. Yeah. When you think about your employment situation, is there any part, do you you feel like that's led to any discrimination in any way?
1: See, I don't know, because sometimes you do have to disclose, like, or not have to, but they ask you certain things while you're submitting your application. And my name is also just, like, super Jewish, it happens to me. It's, like, instantly when anybody will see it on, like, Facebook or whatever, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a Jewish person. Um, So, like, and I can't straight up invent a new name, like, because I was like oh yeah hi I lied and you were doing a background check on me and I, you won't find anything because that's not my name um, so I honestly have no idea if it is if I have been discriminated against um, I'll like mention it to some people they're usually like eh, I don't think so we're usually good but you know it's just it's truly something I, I've i thought about but I don't know I really don't know mm. because like <laughs> what. The- it used to be a problem, you know, 150 years ago that, you know, immigrants who came who are Jewish wouldn't work on Saturdays, and they would be summarily fired, like, every single week. This was, like, you know, stories you hear in, you know, growing up, like, oh, you know, are your people's great... I mean, my my relatives came the 20th century, but um, people whose ancestors came in the 19th century or, you know, earlier like they have to find a new job every week because they wouldn't work on Saturday. But like, you know, we don't really have that problem anymore. Thank goodness. Um, it's just that usually we have to save up all our vacation days for our numerous holidays, which kind of sucks. <laughs> when we do get, you know, people who do have full jobs. Because um, there is a lot, a lot of holidays.
0: Yeah. You are. It's good. I will say, one of the great benefits in New York City is uh, many Jewish holidays that eliminate alternate side parking for those of us who have cars. So many Jewish holidays that, yeah, you always gotta call (laughs) 311. I often find that if I'm having trouble finding parking on the street, I will just call 311 because I'll say to myself, maybe it's randomly a Jewish holiday. This is a thing that I have done and I will cop to you. I hope you don't mind me co-opting the beauty of your faith for my own personal benefit.
1: I used to run a Tumblr called, Do you know you're from Los Angeles when? And somebody submitted something to me uh, about it being a Jewish holiday because the traffic is lighter. And I was like, that is cool because I wouldn't know. I'm not driving on my holidays. Apparently we're a big enough part of the Los Angeles population that we lessen the traffic when we have our holidays.
0: Now let me. Like, you're welcome, I guess. I think you might enjoy this story. So my Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gym is located. I, it's, uh, it's kind of like right by where like Williamsburg blends with, uh, Clinton Hill down by the BQE. And it's in the very Hasidic section that you mentioned, but it's on a block with a lot of like yeah. business and warehouses. And I'm not trying to blow up anybody's spot. Someone at my gym realized that when he parked in front of fire hydrants on that block, he never ever got tickets, except one day he did and he saw the, uh, the traffic he saw the traffic cop and said, wait, I, I, I park here every day. I never get a ticket. And the traffic cop replied to him. Yeah, but it's a Jewish holiday. So, and it apparently on the, on the block, which was all business, Jewish business owners, it was like, yeah, like we're not going to give you guys tickets. We know that you're coming and going, but on the Jewish holiday, it was like, we know you're not one of the business owners around here. Now you wouldn't be driving (laughs) a car.
1: Amazing. Wow. That's really funny. Um, Also, one one time I straight up got towed for parking too close to a fire hydrant when I mistakenly drove to go to Whiplash when I was visiting from out of town. Uh, So that is very risky, because apparently they will tow you sometimes for parking too close to a fire hydrant in New York City.
0: (laughs) And when you get towed in New York City, you invariably have to make your way to a neighborhood that you did not know existed before, and it will always be intimidating.
1: So that night was the night before the election, and also the day after the New York Marathon, which I participated in, but mostly walked. So I was very sore. And I had to walk around some barriers because Hillary Clinton's HQ at Javits Center, which was supposed to be, you know, a victory party. Uh, but, you know, the naive old time before that happened. Uh, I had to walk with my friend because his stuff was in my car. And to go to an impound lot where they charged me an obscene amount of money. Hundreds but of dollars. At least my last name was. <laughs> Oh yeah, at least the last my last name was the same as my father in law's because it was his car and they would not have given it back to me otherwise.
0: Mm -hmm. And you got to walk out like (laughs) all the way to the river, and then it
1: was like on the river. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because I've been towed from that area near the old UCV as well. It's on the river, and if I remember right, tell me if I'm remembering this wrong or if my brain's exaggerating it. It's filled with people who are so angry. That if I remember right, the workers are actually behind what seems to be bulletproof glass.
1: Yes. Oh, they all seem like they the last place they wanted to be was in that inbound lot.
0: Yes. The people who have I made their I way be trying there. To be, the workers trying don't to want to be there. To no one out wants out to be
1: anybody. There. Yeah. But how I mean, c- It was like three in the morning, <laughs> so there weren't <was> that <laughs> many people. <there. laughs>
0: oh, I've had that experience. <laughs>
1: <they're naturally> <laughs>
0: I've had that exact like experience 1:30 in the morning? Yeah, where you walk out to the river and it's November and the wind is blowing on you and you're brutally cold. You're like, why is it so far away? Oh, yeah. Why did I even get towed? I'm supposed to be what, 10, 13 feet away. I was 12 and a half, these monsters. And then you get out and by the time you yeah. get out there, you're so furious and every you then you realize everyone here is as furious as me. And you can just feel how weird that is on, in a psychic sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like when we had to go get my husband's phone from the New Jersey Transit Lost and Sound. Same same vibe. Same vibe.
0: Just one of those no one wants to be hopeless there. places.
1: Everyone's angry. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> yeah. wants to like you don't want me to be here. You don't want you to be here. You don't want any of this to be happening right now. But we gotta get through this somehow because we need that phone and wallet back.
0: <laughs> now we got five minutes right. left. <laughs> I want to just oh, ask, I want to ask in a straightforward way. So you're living in New Jersey with the in-laws. You hate New Jersey. You, yep. you went for it. You guys went for it. Your husband got laid off. You were in the gig economy that proved unsustainable. Some tough times right now. Where are you at as far yep. as hope for the future goes? Do you, see, do you see momentum coming down the line? Are you feeling hopeless? Where are we at with that?
1: So, my husband is thankfully at a good job, and his boss really likes him, and they're really like good to him. So, um, we're you know it seems like that's on the right track. I've been having a little bit more time to do my schoolwork. I was just doing that when I saw the phone number, Um, and I'm taking a class I enjoy, discrete math, which you probably would hate because it's math involved. But yes,
0: one no, thank you.
1: Like. (laughs) <laughs> it's got like logic stuff in it. That's,
0: nope, that's, that's, not, logic is not my thing. Um, I'm a man of emotion. <laughs>
1: so, so I've noticed, but that is also a beautiful thing in its
0: own right. Um, <laughs> Sometimes, until yeah, so. I'm crying for no reason and can't explain it to anyone. <laughs> Proceed. But, you know,
1: I've I, I've been there as well. So um, yeah. So it's it seems like it seems okay, and you know, uh, I'm not completely hopeless. It's just. We were hoping to kind of be a little bit further out of the hold by now, but you know, we're also getting help and at least we have a place to live and um, it's just gonna, it's just slow going, but yeah. And it's just like, you know, everyone around me is like having babies. So it's like, I kind of feel a little bit of that pressure because I got married before everybody. So I didn't feel that pressure when that was happening, but now people are having babies and I'm like. Feeling that pressure, but I'm like, I can't afford children. I need to wait because yeah. I need to be able to pay the rent before I can have a child.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah.
1: But congratulations to you.
0: Thanks, thanks. <laughs> we
1: can the rent and child. Yes, very exciting.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: That's a lot.
0: Here's my here's my hope. Here's my hope is that uh, Yeah. like you said. You, you feel like you're headed in the right direction. I hope you keep catching that momentum more and more. You get out of the hole, get your own place, have the life you want, as many kids as you desire, stability that you deserve as hardworking people. And then someday, far into the future, you'll find yourself driving on a road trip and you'll look around and you'll say, you know what? New Jersey ain't so bad. I really hope so. That's my thought. That would be awesome. Yeah, you'll find yourself. That
1: is, that is a good blessing.
0: St- you find yourself down the Jersey Shore, doing your thing, walking on the boardwalk, having fun with the kids who will never even need to know the struggles that you once faced, and uh, it'll feel real good. And you'll stop blaming my home state as because it's <laughs> it's the surrogate that represents all these other problems. It's not a bad place. It's a good place.
1: It's True. It's true. It's a good place. Yeah. Now that we've you know dug out, figured out why I hate New Jersey because I, I honestly wasn't sure. I just knew that the bureaucracy was driving me crazy. But uh you know, you can't. I can't really compare it to Washington State.
0: Yeah, Washington State is you know nice.
1: Also, what's a little weird is like going from a place where like weed is so destigmatized and coming back here. Really. It's like. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really use any, but, you know, it's, it's so not a thing because it's legal. And it's like, it's been illegal for a while there, too. And then you come here, it's like, you know, it's, I mean, New York City, you don't, you wouldn't even know it's not legal. It's like, how, you're like, oh, right, it's not because you smell it everywhere. You see people selling weed candy everywhere. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's not. But yeah, it's like a weird thing that it's like not stigmatized at all in Washington. And, like, people worrying about it here. Oh, it's going to be legal, so what do we do? What do we do? See, like, you just go on with your life, it's fine.
0: <laughs> you were in a place where people just in general were more laid back, and now you're back where they're a little more yeah. uptight.
1: Yeah. I'm a West Coast person, and uh, it's just, you know, coming back to the East Coast, like, at least at least I know it, you know? Yeah. I can get, as soon as I start driving here, as soon as I start driving again here, I was just, I was one of those New York, New Jersey drivers. Just like honking again, (laughs) flipping people off again.
0: (laughs) Listen, we we just hit zero on the clock. I wish you the best. Uh, I hope everything turns out okay. I mean it sincerely.
1: I hope so. Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: I think that one had some, had some meat on its bones at the end of the day. caller thank you for calling very sincerely like i said at the end hope uh, hope everything heads in the right direction and you guys uh never have to worry about this stuff as things keep moving wish you well thanks for filling me in on your situation and your work and your faith and all those beautiful things thanks so much to jared o'connell thank you to harry nelson what a sweet boy who's never done me wrong harry nelson thank you to justin linville thank you shell shag for the theme music everybody get out there support shell shag Remember, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, really helps. If you haven't done it, we're all doing it together next week, April 16th. I think that's all the business. See you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, some dude who never even heard this show before calls, and it's kind of the best, but sort of a disaster. There's almost 11,000 people have tried to call while you and I are talking, and some guy who's never even bothered to listen is on. It's not going to make all of them thrilled. What is your message to them?
1: My message to them is I apologize. You do? Uh, And I have no business. I have no business (laughs) being on the podcast, but... As I was sitting uh, and listening to the the nice punk rock selection that you had. I was sitting there because you you open, for those of you uh, who have not been as fortunate as I in this moment. uh, (laughs) Oh, oh, now you're getting cocked.
0: Now you're rubbing it in. uh, A little bit. You're rubbing (laughs) it in. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.